Your choice is simple. It is not between Charles A. Lindbergh and Franklin Delano Roosevelt. It is between Lindbergh and war. Everyone sees what he is. Everyone I talk to knows that he's Who just... Who talk to? We live in Newark, in Jersey, in the Jewish section of town. The 33rd president of the United States, Charles Augustus Lindbergh. of the after credits part two of the plot against america but you know only real ones gonna know what that's what that is uh shout out to homie jack returning or whatever what's goody mob what's up man so (sighs) when i tell you corona literally has like made it so i have enjoyed this like show early and I have every other day off or whatever as of now. I I, I don't know. If, if Corona don't take us out, who knows, man? Yeah. Uh, Will we make I, it episode six? Makes me wish my situation was a little bit different. I, I found out today that my job is essential. So officially. So shelter in place, not going to matter. Hey, man. I mean, I'm going I'm to I'm wish the best for you, you know? Yeah. I told you you're separating us up right now whatever. Yeah, no, they've been doing that too, but it's hard when you keep us going in the lab. Anyway. All I know is I just hope it's, like, not a lot of people on your fucking, like, social media is wearing masks or whatever, like, on, on IG and Facebook Live. Because the next person I see doing whatever, they're getting blocked and or unfriended. <laughs> it's just a waste. doesn't do anything for you. Save but no, they, people they that be in the it. house doing it. Yeah, that's what I mean. It doesn't do anything. <laughs> I mean, in the house doing it. I'm like, what the fuck are you guys doing here? Like, my God. Um, guys, remember to rate, like, comment, subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend. Go have everything in the bio and all that stuff or whatever, all the links on wherever you listen to this, rather be Apple, Spotify, uh, Google Play, Podcast Attic, you know, whatever. Um, still got that March playlist. Got to get some thoughts together for the April one coming up. They're make it Corona themed. Oh god! <laughs> but just all about death. <laughs> Fucking depressed shit. People alone. Yeah, like right. People alone. Like you can't leave the house. <laughs> I was talking. To, I saw one of my mans in the store yesterday. Matter of fact, or whatever. When I got off work, and he was like, "Man, I'm sorry I couldn't come off for your birthday, or whatever." I don't even know what the fuck I'm gonna do about mine now, whatever. I had it all set up. Like he was, it was supposed to be like the weekend after uh, doggy jams, and now he's like, I don't even know if we're gonna be able to get out, bro. Yeah, probably not. Oh, damn. Although Trump says we'll be back out by Easter, I doubt it. He also said it was a hoax. 
<laughs> yeah, well, no, no, forget that's it. casual. That's easy to ignore. <laughs> <laughs> it's one person they have in quarantine. It's not a hoax. I watched a whole video. It's just like from January through like last week or two weeks ago. It's just like not owning up to it. It's like, oh, cool. Well, at least that's on theme. This is so true. I mean, <laughs> own brand, right? Very own brand. It's too much. <laughs> God bless it. <laughs> um, another episode, y'all already know. Wait, no, no big shake or whatever, because the cup's full right now. But more of my birthday present being sipped. Shout out, old girl or whatever came with the forty dollar bottle. Ooh, yeah, that fancy shit. <sighs> Let's go back in time, man. Episode two. Like I said, I'm gonna need Jack to help me on a lot of these names, but. We're in October of 1940. Correct. So and skipped a little bit of time, although it makes me wonder, too, like how much time was supposed to have passed during the first episode? Like, was that just like summer or because I, I did think it was kind of I don't know if we hit on this or not. I thought it was kind of weird that they he announced that he was running for president, whatever, in June, if it was in June or whatever it was during the summer. It was like this seems kind of late in the race, but I don't know. Anyway. I didn't even think about that, but you do make sense now. Or Just that a, does make sense. Maybe it was, things weren't as built out over years for presidential election runs and things like that in the 40s. I don't know. Remind me when we get to the end of this little part that I'm about to speak about to tell you guys about little little cross-promo branding or whatever for podcasts or whatever. But – um. Episode starts off or whatever from the sky, you know, the visions of the spirits of St. Louis. That that's the that remember remember that guys because I'm getting right back on it. So we go from there to little shots of Sandy who is like just in a fucking rush or whatever, running onto a bus, and then running through a crowd and everything. We're like, oh shit, he's going to see the person that's flying his plane. Oh no, is it the wait? Is that Lindenberg's music I hear? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the debut. He's not just the person on the radio, man. He's an actual first, person. First appearance in the flesh. What'd you think about this? And just yeah, I mean, the crowd. The crowd was was crazy. Yeah, probably more people than would have been expected initially. Probably by maybe by Sandy, maybe not. But it gives you a good idea of you know. How revered he actually was at the time, um, you know, his political views aside, you know, he's flying in on the plane that he made that infamous flight with across the ocean. Um, and people really love him, including Sandy. Um, it's interesting just to think about having to deal with like, you know, he's like 15 years old. So there's like he's has his own beliefs and probably his own views on Lindbergh and who he's been historically in his life and then having to tackle with what your parents are telling you about that him. later. Yeah. Ooh, what, I can't like, wait to detail that shit. Yeah. What your parents are saying about how you should feel about it and how you actually feel about it. And, you know, it seems like a little bit of rebellion on his part to be attending the rally, but that's kind of what 15 year old kids do. Oh yeah. Cause it's coming up or whatever. I got a lot of questions about like, yo, have you ever just been places and shit and your parents not know at all? Oh, I'm sure. Because I just felt like it was too many times or whatever. Like Now, maybe at Sandy's age, that was like a thing. But like at Phillip's age, I mean, 
he's about to go into fifth grade, correct? Yeah, yeah, that's that's a different conversation for sure. So he's like 10, 11? Maybe even 9. 10, 11, eight, something eight, like that? Eight, 9. Yeah, I, I mean, he might just be getting on double digits. Again, I'm not well-versed in the book, but I think he was 8 in the narrative of the book, and he's like retelling it like later, maybe even before he's really a teenager, but kind of just recapping from his perspective. So. Oh, he's, he's definitely not 12 yet. I know that. No, no, no. We know that no. for sure. He's... Um, what I want to say about this scene is, let me see, let me make sure I ain't glossed over something in the notes. No, okay, not yet. Um, of course, you know, he talks about speaking for, um, for he's going to run for president. Mm-hmm. Because if you voted for Lindenberg, you're voting against war. You know, and I know that everything's kind of boiled down because it's a plot narrative for a TV show, but it's kind of like a one position campaign. <laughs> it's like that's the only thing he talks about is like, well, I'm going to keep us out of World War Two. Doesn't really right. offer any reasoning how or why. And that's all he really talks about. But people are digging it. Hey man, I, as far as like people digging it, you know where it, it pop, like literally, like I said, shit is all in my head like the entire time we're doing this and just when I'm doing most of these. But it really didn't hit me until like the very end, and I'm like, damn it, I've already got you off the call. You know what the hell is popping in my head or whatever? When I'm like, why do I know this spirits of St. Louis? Why do I know this? Why do I know this? Back in the day before the NBA and the ABA fused or whatever, which they just, AKA they took a couple of teams or whatever from the ABA and made them NBA teams like the Nets, the Spurs. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember all the teams, of course, you know, but those are some of the like, you know, standouts. I yeah. think the Pacers maybe. Well, yeah, they're, they're teams that still exist today too. So, right, right. There was a team back in the day, the St. Louis spirits. Yeah. I'm sure that's where that name comes from. Right, and that literally, because I kept, I was like, why do I know this? As, you know, someone that came up or whatever, my favorite sport is basketball and shit. Like, I was, I know this from somewhere. And yeah, the, some, some most, some of the most classic throwback jerseys of all time or whatever, bright orange and white. It's got the plane and everything with like the, the writing is in the like cloud letters and shit. So dope. But I'm like, okay. So interesting to see, like, that's where that came from. You know, like right, something I don't like I don't think I've ever seen those jerseys. That's interesting. I'm going to shoot them to you literally in a second. Hold on. I got you. Shits are flames. Trust me, bro. Yeah. Um, getting back on the show. Uh, next, we get into Bess cutting off the radio as she's with her mom and everything. And we find out that Bess is taking care of mom today because Evelyn is... At the airport, this you know she's also there to see Lindelberg, right? She's there, and she's there with a new man. Oh yeah, a new man, a new man's. Which I mean, I can't, re- I can't. <laughs> we all knew it was gonna happen. I didn't see it happening this episode, but I mean, I guess they had to go ahead and get this shit out of the way, you know. And I guess you know the the time jump. I think is supposed to help with that kind of stuff. I was telling my girl that joined the other day or whatever. Like, I think it was yesterday, matter of fact, because we started um, Love is Blind. Oh, you did? Yes. Is that a thing in your household right now? No, I'm trying to not make it a thing. I don't really want to watch it. I was going to say, like, 
don't really know stuff like that, but I'm like, I don't know if that's really her forte, but yeah, so um, M was like, let's go ahead and start it. And I'm like, okay, it's actually pretty cool. But thing about it, bro, the thing about it, like she's like, oh my God, they're just doing all this, whatever. And I'm like, yo, the youngest person on this shit is like 24. Like everyone is I'm like, yo, they grown as hell. Like it's not going to yeah. be no shit. Like, oh my God, we have to go through this and this and this step. Like, nah, you grown. Like I'm grown. Let's go ahead and do this. What up? Well, yeah, based on the premise and the timing and everything. The one thing we did watch a couple episodes that was Love Island. Oh, I, I, I don't. That's the kind of stuff I, I don't did, want. I didn't watch Love. I watched Temptation Island. That shit was crazy. It's just like you, if you watch a couple episodes, you're gonna get hooked on it. And like the next day, I was like, I could watch, finish that episode. I was watching. I was like, How about I don't do that <laughs> and be hooked on this terrible shit? Hey, bro, you gotta embrace some of that terrible shit in your life sometimes. You know. Nah, man. Nah. It's, it's a no? <laughs> it's a no for me, dog. Damn. I tried. <laughs> All right, so are you going to try to say his name? Um, Lionel Bangles, uh, Banglesdorf? I think you got it, Banglesdorf. Banglesdorf, yeah, okay. I feel like we should just call him Rabbi Lionel. That's the only way. That's literally what I wrote in my notes, dead ass. <laughs> Or just rabbi. We got to pretend we're well acquainted with the show enough to say the first name, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I wrote down Lionel and I wrote Rabbi Lionel because I'm like, yo, Bengalsdorf? Nah, man. My, <laughs> look, my phone, my phone doesn't want me to write best. Every time it, it's like bees, bees. You saying bees? <laughs> What's bad is that you're gonna type it so many times now, it's gonna autocorrect the best when you want to say Beth. Oh my god. It's going to be stuck in your dictionary. Jesus Christ. Um, uh, Phillips at Earl's place, and, you know, they're going through their stamp collections. Starts off with the normal stuff, like usual with Earl. But oh, yeah. It, the proper uh, stamp wedding. That I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Bro, we go from there into, like, yo, this is how you steal from your parents. So, yeah, that's where I'm starting to see, I think, what the point of this character is. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's all yeah. bad influences. Exactly. Grab you some of that chump change. They don't need to worry about that. The, the, the real question, the real thing about not getting caught is you just take a little bit. <laughs> but see, that's what's weird about that, too, is because, like, I know coins were more used – on a regular basis then but they had them just in a jar like we would have them in a jar now right so, like it seems like it's just loose money but who knows if they actually keep like if it was the equivalent of like taking a couple of bills out of a stack of bills in a drawer or something i feel like it'd be noticeable but like who i don't know i i'm just not associating the counting coins with the ice counting bills but another time maybe maybe it's just millennial talk I, I get what you're saying though, because like at the same time too, like I noticed this later in the um show, like just to get into the theater is like twenty cent for an adult. Yeah. So I mean, you know. Oh, I mean, my mom would tell me. I think, you know, she she was born in the fifties, so probably in the sixties, it was like a nickel to go to the movies. Damn. But I mean, I'm sure if you if we did the actual inflation, um 
conversion, it would be well, it wouldn't be twenty five dollars because that shit's fucking ridiculous. But it wouldn't be ridiculous. And look, I, I ain't gonna put my co-host on front street like this or whatever because I know he is an honest man. I know he would never go in Mama Tanjay's stuff like that and everything. And I'm just flat out tell y'all listeners, um, you know, sh- shout out Mom Dukes or whatever, Mother Love. She told me straight up or whatever. Ever find out you take from me or whatever, I'm gonna beat the hell out you. Straight <laughs> like that. So y'all can imagine, like, I, I just turned 28 or whatever. My mom still scares me. Doesn't scare me as much as she scares my acquaintances, but she's just a matter of fact lady. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So yeah, th- th- this has never happened. They go from like, because he's like, oh, let, let's just go out somewhere or whatever. And he's like, how do you do this without your parents finding out? I get back before they get back. And I'm like, yo, I know Earl just gives no folks or whatever, because just the thought of like, yo, like, that would be too much in my head or whatever. I, I couldn't even just go do it or whatever, because I'm like, yeah, just go get back for me or whatever. I'm fucked. I'm fucked. I'm fucked. Like, I, I can never get out of my head. Yeah, I so. feel like you'd have to have some real confidence in their schedules. But then again, if they're both like musicians and stuff, they probably work later schedules as it is normally. He probably just has a life set up better for some of the stuff i mean especially if you look this at is true he is by himself or whatever at the crib and like he's what like 10 or or possibly younger yeah and i mean compared to what phillips used to is like you're literally not only surrounded by family constantly in the small yeah. apartment but <laughs> all the neighbors know everybody and talk to everybody like it would be harder to for him to get away with that stuff but maybe that's why he's hanging out with earl to begin with Yo, when I saw them get on the bus or whatever, and I'm like, yo, I mean, maybe it's just, you know, no one's just in their business like that or whatever. I'm like, so no one's just looking at these little kids just on the bus by themselves in the middle of the day? I don't think that's too uncommon even now. It was like people that like actually live in New York City. I feel like kids of elementary to middle school age probably start taking the subway by themselves at a certain point just out of feasibility. Mm. But I don't know. I didn't grow up around public transport like that. Oh, bro, I definitely didn't. I was in, was in the country. <laughs> I was in. The, I was in the borough. This shit won't happen. It was like when I was in Chapel Hill, I started taking the bus here and there, but not on the regular anyway. Mm. All I'm saying is, but it, they was, did. They did stand out in that bus for sure. Oh, they, like, they definitely did. Yeah. I got to remind myself or whatever, because I know, you know, my co-hosts and y'all, y'all have heard the episode by the first episode by now. And, you know, when I'm excited, I put some air horns in, you know, I got to write a <laughs> mental note for some air horns right here, whatever, because um, I'm asked this question later on or whatever, as far as like something I just maybe caught. Maybe I'm just being over, you know, thinking too much, which you know, Alvin's working his new job and he's driving. Um, what's dude's name around? I have it written down. It is Abe Steinheim. 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 <laughs> Again, with the, the Jewish inflection and all these things, I'm never going to get down. But Steinheim, I think, is right. True. So, you know, he he's just there at a stoplight or something like that, and he sees Bess. And there's, like, a little smile and everything. Okay, cool. Nothing too much into it or whatever. I say all that to say this or whatever because I got to put my mental note right around this area or whatever. So as Herman's going to the deli, you know, get all his shit and everything together. Mm-hmm. We saw a black man walking. Holy shit. Oh, my. I didn't think. Yo, I didn't think we were going to do it. Hey, I actually 
I missed that. <laughs> so. There was a black man that walked by. I wrote it down right here in this spot. I made sure I was not going to forget this shit. In all caps, I wrote, holy shit, a black sighting. I'm, you know, I think more than anything, I didn't bother to look for it because I didn't think it would happen either. It's not just me. Even though, you know, the word Negroes was used later on or whatever, <laughs> but, you know. That's true. I, I have realized or whatever, like, I, I, I'm i not going to get too in-depth or whatever. I used to listen to this one podcast, and they would talk about, like, stuff that, like, Asians would go through or whatever as far as their families and, like, growing up and stuff. And I'm like, yo, that sounds a lot like black people. And everything that, like, Herman is saying or whatever, you know, like, the Jewish people and da-da-da-da, I'm like, yo, this also sounds a lot like black people. So I'm like, us minorities are a lot closer than what we really, you know what I'm saying? In terms of like social acceptance and um, things, things you've gone through as a minority, there's definitely some similarities. I would assume. Well, again, oh, I would yeah. assume. You know, uh, what do I know? We talked about it last episode or whatever. It was like, oh, you know, she's not gonna get her a nice Jewish man. It's like, I mean. My parents have got really, I mean, I ain't gonna say they were really on this whole like, oh, you gotta find you like a nice black woman and everything. They were just like, yo, whoever, whatever makes you happy. But I'm no, I know other people who is like, oh, nah, like, that's the thing. Like, if mm-hmm. it's not like, I can't go home type shit. And I'm like, word? That's, like, that's wild to me or whatever. But I wasn't raised like that. So, you know? Yeah. And for the best. Yeah, man. God, could you, can you imagine? It's just, it, it's so much. You know, it's already hard enough to find someone to be with, and then you're going to put all these restrictions on it. Facts. Um, From there, we discovered that the dude from the movies is – did we know last episode that that was um, Herman's brother? The projectionist? Yes. I didn't catch that. I, was, I didn't catch it last episode or whatever, but I think he is now because they called him Uncle Monty. That could also just be like an affectionate term. Oh yeah, it could also just be like you know that like that's my homie or whatever. That's your uncle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I I don't know if that's 100 percent or not. I'm gonna just refer to him as Uncle Monty though. I mean, that's a lot easier than Shepsy. So <laughs> Jesus Christ! Wait, real yeah. quick, I want to go back to something about Steinem. I you were mentioning the horn. I thought you were gonna mention the siren thing. What the fuck was that about? Yo, okay, I'm glad you like brought that up or whatever because like. I didn't think about it in the moment, but I'm like, yo, why the fuck does he just have a horn on a normal car? I like, because at first it was like, he's like, you know, the siren. I'm like, wait, are there lights on a, I'm like, are, they, are you seeing a cop car? Like, what is this? What's happening? It's like, what just, was because, what was just, just because he's a rich guy, he can like put a siren in his car. What, what <laughs> kind of nonsense is that? <laughs> wait, can I say it? Can I say it? Sure. Well, it's not, it's not really white privilege, but rich, that's rich. That's rich people shit right there. That's what people aren't liking about these Jews, man. That's what I'm telling you. Damn. I'm trying to. I I feel like I had somewhere what he does for a living, but he just talks about making money. Oh, anyway, he has I, a he has a bar later, which I'm oh, not gonna sure. say. I'm not gonna say it's gonna be the title of this episode or whatever. But I mean, originally, I'm like, yo, it, it has a good chance of being the title of this episode. Mm-hmm. No, because it, yeah, he goes off, it, but we're not there it, yet. It, it was, yeah facts um so yeah he's talking to uncle, Mon- uh, uncle, uh, uncle monty about you know Lindbergh's chances mm-hmm. because you know i think that's when they were like you know no well respectful jews gonna um 
you know, Jewish man. I'm I'm, I'm going to say Jewish man just for my taste. I told you guys I really do not like saying the term or whatever that, you know, they call Jewish people because I think it's a little disrespectful. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to do that or whatever because I don't just want, like, white people calling me nigga. So, you know, I'm not going to do that to them. Fair enough. So, you know, he was like, you know, no well-respectful Jewish man is going to vote for him. No Negroes going to vote for him, which I was like, whoa. But I forgot that was a thing. I was like, okay, it's, it's 1940. It's 1940. You good? Because I was like, that wouldn't happen now. I'll never forget. God, I feel like I keep going on too many tangents or whatever. Went to one of my homies' houses back in the day, man. His grandma made great soul food and everything. And, of course, she didn't say it to me, bro, but, like, later on, he told me, he was like, yo, my grandma said, you know, that was a real nice color boy you brought over and everything. <laughs> I, I mean, it, I guess it could have been worse, <laughs> but that's pretty funny. Colored, man. Word up. No, I think he says, the quote was, Italians, Negroes, everyone knows yes. who he is. Italians. There we go. That was good to me, though. Um, we get to Sandy and Alvin discussing, uh, discussing Harmon. Oh, Sandy's talking to Alvin about, you know, how the guy he's working for, whatever, he can, like, get him in good with places because, you know, Herman wants him to go to Rutgers and all that. Mm-hmm. Which, I, you know, I think it's implied that Herman got him this driving gig as well. He can get him everything, pretty much. That's what I'm wondering, too, is, like, how does Herman know this guy? Maybe he sells insurance to him or something. Actually, I guess that would make sense. Herman is reminding me, which, I mean, I'm going to say in this aspect, not like a lot of aspects or whatever, because, like, my family, which I'm I'm going to – we're almost getting right into the point or whatever, because – yeah, we're, we're almost getting right into the point, but, like, it kind of reminds me of my dad in a way, which, like, my dad can, like, you can go anywhere and, like, oh, yeah, you know, like – he has a lot of people where he can ask a lot of favors. Mm-hmm. I'm in a place where, like, you know, I come pretty much good and everything. But, like, if it came down to it, like, my dad could be like, okay, yeah, you know, I'm going to go talk to such and such or whatever. He's going to look out for you, whatever, because you're my son. Yeah. So, you know, I got to rock with a guy like Herman, man. We get into arguments about politics. Best tries to shut it down because, you know, I mean – this, we're gonna we're gonna go back to this again or whatever too. Best is also kind of like most people I came up with, where it's like, yo, I swear until we got to a certain age or whatever and point, I really I rarely even knew about politics or whatever because it was nothing just like this disgusting in my household. Yeah, I mean, she seems to have a good feeling in what's going on and everything, so I think she's still in tune with it like that. But I, I saw a comment somewhere that was like, is it just her job to walk in the living room, and interrupt every political conversation? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that like part of being the housewife has there ever been a moment where she's just here for it I guess in the, when they were in the street that time but I don't it know just looks yeah. like she's over it like, I mean, it, it's, it's hard to shut down the whole block talking but when it's just your husband and whoever in the living room you got some more sway um so we we go from like her shutting it down to like they did the whole reenactment of what what did they reenact do you do you remember gracie and george burns so that's an old um radio show thing so i I don't know you know anything really about the show but 
you know, there were a lot more right. radio shows at the time because that was the main form of entertainment. So that was all podcast? reporting. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess. Pro- I don't know. There aren't a ton of podcasts that are like fictional storytelling or anything. I know, th- I know they exist, but it's not. Yeah, I'd say as popular. I used to listen to one like this dude would do it at the end or whatever. Like he'd have like a little story he'd wrote write weekly and shit. Well, that's interesting. But I think right, it was just, cool. I think it's more like a variety show, kind of radio show. And yeah, so it seems like they they would listen to uh, Gracie and George kind of as a family, and then Phillips clearly just wanting some kind of normalcy. Um, asking her to do the impression just so he can feel like things are normal when, you know, they're really not. I literally wrote down, I'm like, yo, like we, we kind of spoke about it last episode. God, you had to be creative back then, man. Oh yeah. But it, it actually shows a different side of best that we haven't really seen much of outside of just being, you know, a worry ward all the time. Yeah. Worry ward. She cooks dinner, you know, so it, it gives her character a little more depth, I guess. She had, a little, she had a lot of development this episode, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the rest of her side plot, for sure. Um, Going into Evelyn's dinner with Rabbi. I just wrote Rabbi this time. Whatever. I didn't even write Rabbi Lionel. But, um, <laughs> you know, her, her new boo. And they're talking about Lind- like Lindenberg and all this, and you know he offers her a job. Now I'm going to speak about this job later, so just hold off because I have a serious question about his job or whatever. If if you didn't already have any notes about it, you know? Yeah. Um. Speaking of jobs, we go right into Bess telling um, Herman that she's going to get a job, and Phillips Phillips not having it. He's like, wait, mom, you're not you're not going to be here. And this really took me back to like, yo, women, like, yo, like, like Herman just like is the whole like sole survivor of this house and everything. Like he he has to bring in all the money. Like she wasn't working at all. No, yeah, though she was just a stay at home mom, and I think that was a pretty revered position, not just for the time, but for uh, people in the Jewish community. I think they really respected the person running the house and white. watching all the affairs and especially all the cooking and stuff that they do. It seems True. like someone really, really needed to be someone's kind of full-time gig. Yo, Sandy came with a little mini bar right here or whatever when he told Philip, you're old enough to uh, put some jelly on your um, on some bread by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was a little bar right there, bro. I remember that. I wonder if Philip's just thinking to himself, man, I can start being like Earl now. Mom won't be home and start roaming the city. Oh, God, wait. Well, hey, I'm just glad running the city or whatever and not fucking, you know, going through her draws and shit. Yeah, let's not get back to that conversation. <laughs> yeah, let's not do that again. <laughs> that was weird so, enough. You know, like I said, and we, we shouted them out the last episode. I listened to them pri- like prior to this episode. You know, HBO and David Simon, you know, the he's a director, the creator, not creator, what is it? For the show? Creator. Yeah, he's uh, show showrunner showrunner we shouted them out last episode and everything and because we said you know go to them or whatever if you want to talk about like the ins and outs of this show but if you want to get the ins and outs that you get in with the show of other things this is where i wanted to say you come to don't bite your tongue because i have to ask jack i wrote down literally in my notes shout out to white barbershops like yo i have never been inside of a white barbershop at all 
I think it was more of a thing then, honestly. I mean, like there are barbershops and stuff still that try to maintain like an old school style. But like the last time I had a barber that was like the same barber I went to routinely, I was a kid. Well, well, you also moved around too. I get that. I mean, that's true. But I, you could see that kind of fading away more and more just as I was going through adolescence. And like, you know, it was kind of a joke that you would go to super cuts or whatever because it wasn't very good. And now like great clips is fucking everywhere. Like the relatively cheap um, hairstylist is, I think, pretty common for, I guess, most white guys. I, mean, I go to the, I go to the same place now, but I don't okay, request that's what anyone. I was gonna say, man. Because literally, if people, you know, which everyone doesn't know, everybody might not like listening, might not know what I look like, or whatever. Got long dreads and everything. But as far as like edge ups, you know, my beard and all this, even prior when I was getting haircuts, I've been going to, like before I moved out here to Greenville. So twenty four, I am twenty eight now. When I tell you guys, the same dude had been cutting my hair, and I still go back to him when I go back in town. But he's been cutting my hair since I was five. I mean, now the same dude. He's one of my dad's homies. They came up together. Like, yeah. Well, I think it's obvious the in relative culture, the black barbershop is more of a thing. But I yeah, I I would say definitely white barbershops is kind of faded out as being a real norm. See, so social talk HBO, whatever. Have you ever watched LeBron's The Shop? I watched a little bit of it. I don't think it's really for me, so I didn't yeah, really catch up the regular. It's probably a little bit like, you know, but that's actually, you know, that, that's I, I like the aspect of it. That's that's really dope, man. Like I say all that to say this. What's old buddy's name again? I can't, you know, um, the album's working for right now. Steinheim. He came with the bar of the episode. If you don't push, they push you. Which I feel like, in a way, with you know, obviously he's saying it for his own reasons, but that's kind of Alvin's whole thing, is what it seems like. It's like he's not going to wait around and let someone push him first. He's going to take the action to them. And probably hearing that from a guy that's actually successful is what's going to fuel him to make the rest of the decisions that he makes this episode. Right. I, I just, I'd love that. I, I loved it. My man was reading the paper and all that. He's like, yeah, you're going to open the door or not? I mean, what am I paying you for? <laughs> I just gave him an Italian accent for no reason. Good Lord. I'm terrible. Hey, he's a rich Jew. Come on. Yeah. Has he, has he not earned that respect? Apparently to the community. Shit, he just walked in and ordered whatever <laughs> hell he wanted. And like, I'm going to make sure to give you a change. Yeah, you better. I, I do say that somewhat jokingly. It's like we've known him for like five minutes of screen time. Like, why the hell do I respect you? <laughs> <laughs> it, he's rich. Apparently, he's got a siren he's in his car, man. Like, bruh. <laughs> Yo, Loki, that could be it, man. We need to, we need to look into this shit. <laughs> I've never seen that in anything ever. Was that just like a thing back in the day? Whatever, like you know. I, oh yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, whatever, you can get your windows tinted. You can get a siren in your car, like. If it was a thing, I feel like I, the first time I saw it in media wouldn't be 2020. Bruh. I mean, shit. Look, look, in 2020, you could, like, wait, this isn't even 2020. I remember back in the days, because, you know, I hung around certain people in the borough or whatever. You couldn't even have, like, certain headlights colors. Oh, yeah. Like, lights on the outside of your car. Let, like a, let, a, let alone a fucking siren. 
That's that's what I'm saying. It's like, why is that okay? <laughs> <laughs> like, it doesn't sound like its own unique siren either. It sounds like a fire truck or something. Like, did did you watch this alone, or was your um was your amazing fiance with you? No, it's just me. Okay, I'm about to say I can imagine just like y'all just over here like, wait, he has a fucking siren in his car. That, I was just—that was me by myself, just like, what? What? Did you like? Okay, when you wrote your notes, was that in all caps? <laughs> I just have siren question mark. <laughs> Alvin works as a driver question mark. Like, where did that come from? And immediately siren. What? Oh man. We go. We leave the barbershop into best telling Evelyn about looking for jobs, and. She asked Evelina why was she at the airport, and they talk about like you know Rabbi Lionel, and she's like Lionel, y'all on first name basis now. Mm-hmm. Which so whatever relationship has been budding, which it seems to be clear, is definitely by the end of the episode. But she hasn't exactly been telling Beth about it. Beth about it. Yeah, I want to say Beth too, so bad. <laughs> I've also realized, like, this actress or whatever, and I asked questions about her last time, mm-hmm. she looks she looks really similar or whatever to one of my homies. Oh, really? Yes. I'm going to have to send you a picture because I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I, I sent her a picture earlier. She's like, hmm, I, I can see it. Girl, she's into acting. Uh, right? Um, Sandy's back to drawing Seabiscuit or, you know, just other horses, and... Please tell me I'm right with this. He saw Rabbi Lionel on a horse, correct? correct. That was him. Okay, I was making sure. I was like, I was like, God, that better be him. I'm gonna sound crazy on here. So I think that was more of just a way of them subtly introducing him to his presence being around. So like, I guess the next time he sees him, he'd be like, Oh, that's the guy I saw in the park or whatever. Because I don't know, he didn't talk at the airport. I don't think he was like prominently featured from what I rem- or no he, he was standing next to Lindbergh so maybe yeah, he, he recognized him he recognized him from the airport being like oh that's that dude and then the next time he sees him he's probably be like be with Evelyn he's guys gonna be like what is this guy doing in my life all over the place I mean I, like when they showed him and then they showed Evelyn or whatever I'm like are they gonna run into each other like is this gonna be a thing or we're we just gonna later on you know although was the way Sandy has apparently uh affinity for Lindbergh maybe he wants to know more about this guy who's going to be excited to meet him and oh, then yeah, i'm sure i'm sure it's going to influence the way he views him and how that's going to kind of be contentious with his parents views on Lindbergh. oh god i can't wait to talk about that because i have some bars man yeah um evelyn's getting best all dolled up for her interview um shout out any woman that wears red lipstick it's been said multiple times on this podcast throughout multiple episodes and multiple shows. Red lipstick, man. Yeah. It's always a win for me. Mm-hmm. Just, I, I, I dug it. Uh, Phillip's going through his parents' things. This is what we were talking about, bro. Yeah, he's just straight up takes change. Like, you know, <laughs> like, at first he grabs like a handful and he kind of puts them back and grabs maybe like, like three or four, maybe something like that. Hey, dude's learning. Taking that advice. Earl taught him well. We go from Earl to what's the kid's name that uh, he's playing? He's playing chess with. He finally plays chess with him. Or maybe they not even. They probably it didn't look. They started honestly. I don't know. 
Uh, they could have just restarted the game or whatever. But that's Sheldon. That's the Sheldon next door kid. Well, he got Sheldon to fuck up out of there or whatever because he wanted to go hang out with Earl. <laughs> He's like, you're my side hustle, all right? My my real boy's here. You know, we gotta go. We gotta go to some more rich people's house or whatever because you know, like their kids don't play in the street. Gotta check out the backyards, yo. Backyards. <laughs> um. Alf is listening to the baseball game, and Herman walks in. They argue about his job situation, which, of course, they do, because they just argue about everything. Mm-hmm. That's just going to be a thing. Uh, Bess, wa- Bess walks in to break it up and, you know, to tell um, Herman later that she is, she got hired. She got the job. Yep. Uh, kind of fancy retail department store. Yeah. Yeah. Like a real nice department store. That's all I'm going to say. That's just a classy lady. I mean, she looked incredible. Yeah. I was just, you know, I'm just out here from peeping shit. Um, <laughs> the boys are, like, talking in their bedroom later on. And, you know, Sandy, like, asking me, he's like, you know, I think he said something about, oh, is this when he uh, packs his suitcase? I don't think he packs his suitcase till later. I don't think so. Yeah, they're just talking about it. And I think he said, uh, you know, Philip knows a little bit too much for his age. Yeah. Which I can also agree with. Well, it's kind of hard. Like, you're going to grow up a lot faster when there's a lot of conflict going on around your life, which apparently is what's kind of going on for him right now. So that's, I don't know, whether he can actually deal with learning all these new things and information and process them right is one thing but i mean you're gonna catch on to stuff that's kind of what kids do well shit very true but like i don't know like i told you i just based shit on like upon myself which um okay i was born in 92 what year was all the clinton monica Lewinsky shit happening it was sometime in his second term so probably like 96 Okay, I was gonna say ninety-seven or whatever, or, right? Somewhere around. Yeah, there. actually, I, I should have said ninety-eight, something like that. Okay, when I say literally, I didn't know what was happening, but I remember like just every day on the news or whatever, they'd be talking about Clinton this, Clinton this, Clinton this, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And eventually, I think I asked my mom, and she's just like, you know, they're trying to get him out of here. But that's all my mom really said. I didn't know till years later, or whatever. My man was out here catching that toppy. Hey, you know. sloppiest. When you're married to Hillary, you gotta go catch some. Hey, it be like that, you know what I'm saying? Like you got, he had, he has his wife or whatever, but that's just for like, you know, for for the people, for the cover up. John Mulaney does some bits. He's a stand-up comedian about right. that because um, his mom went to school with Bill Clinton. Apparently, he's always been a womanizer like his entire life. Right, I feel but, like that doesn't that doesn't pop up overnight. Like we usually no. know. There's a certain type of dude. Right, we all know him too. That's the one friend or whatever. If we're going out, it's like, oh god, please, like, just kind of let him go do his thing and shit. I mean, you know, yeah. If you're gonna do it, just go by yourself. I'll be over here. You know, like shit. When we used to always see each other and shit, you know, it's like, okay, Darius is gonna come chill with us for a little bit. He's gonna go do his own thing. Yeah. Um, get to a little sexy time with Herman and Bess. With get the pearls. On. They finally got a little time to themselves or whatever. Straight into Evelyn at the 
God, what do you call the Jewish church? Temple. The, okay. The temple with uh, Rabbi um, Lionel. A little bit more on this later, but um, I love the fact it's just, she's sitting here just faking the funk, which, I mean, it really be like this sometimes. Hey, I've been through that before, too. It's like, <laughs> I'm not exactly on the regular with church, so when, yeah, Same. stand, stand up, age. sit down, that kind of thing. But yeah, it's funny, I, her mouthing the words is funnier than anything. She's kind of like... <laughs> Acting like she's playing along, clearly has no idea what they're saying <laughs> at all. Like I said, shout out Winona Ryder again, man. It's interesting that the rabbi, I guess, is still into that because it seems like it's an important part of his life. But maybe the looks just do it for him. It's, apparently, he's just he won't. I mean. He just kind of wants a low key woman or whatever that's gonna follow what he wants, and Evelyn is that person. Yeah, true. I wonder if we're going to find out more of his background in terms of, like, was he single this whole time? Did he have another wife? I think he was widowed, she said, I, later I on. Think, I think he did say that. Yeah, I think you're right. Now, we don't know if that's true or not, but that's what Evelyn, like, you know, told her mom or whatever, I want to say. Or told um, Bess, maybe. That's actually a fair point that she could be lying about that. But, it, I mean, it makes sense. Right. And, I mean, we just saw with um, Angelo last episode. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she um, told Bess the truth about that, so the, uh, there's probably no reason I think she would be lying at this point, because that's obviously more inflammatory than being a, a widow. Right. Uh, Herman takes the boys to the theater to see about Lindenberg. Um, you know, he kind of tells Philip, you know, if, if, if she gets a little bit too real for you, whatever, go ahead and cover your eyes. Yeah. Now, I guess we can go ahead and talk about it a little bit more now because, you know, we're going to we're going to see next episode, of course, which, you know, I, wonder, I wrote that down for later at the end. Um, Sandy, are we are well, like we've been seeing the different politics he has to, you know, compared to his dad. Mm-hmm. Like. Like, you know, like I said, this wasn't really a thing with me and my household growing up. You know, I didn't have a certain point of view. And then my parents were like, no, we have this point of view. This is what we believe. So you have to type thing. Yeah, no, my parents were definitely, um, you know, the exception of a few things, just like, you know, your opinion is your opinion. You're allowed to have it. But I, I think I view it more as like a bit of rebellion on his part. And it's a way for him. Right. To Maybe have planting the seeds for it. Yeah, I mean, he's of that certain age where, you know, you find a reason to rally against your parents for one way or another. If that was if that wasn't something that was being brought up in your childhood to begin with, then it wouldn't make sense for it to be something you would rebel against. Right. But in his situation, you know, his dad's on the news every night. You know what I mean? Constantly spouting off what he feels about this, that and the other when it comes right. to politics. Like during this, at one point, Philip asked Sandy, "Like, yo, why is everything on fire?" And he just says, "That's war." <laughs> he's, he's got a couple of these good, just smug ass teenager lines. <laughs> just like, yo, like, I mean, I was a younger brother or whatever, so I can imagine like just some of the shit. I would ask my brother. He's like, I mean, duh. But it's like, yo, I'm little. I don't know. I don't know what you know, man. He he remembers the last time he actually took the time to explain something to Philip, and it took forever. He's just like, I'm not getting into this again. Right? He's just like, yeah, okay. So this is what I'm ready for, bro. Evelyn mm-hmm. talks to Rabbi Lionel about, you know, I don't know if I'm necessarily qualified to be your assistant. 
and you know they start to make out so they're officially just a couple or just you know of course what we've been building up to as far as like their relationship so this is what Mm -hmm. i was gonna say earlier i mean he i didn't know what type of job he was saying but it's like okay clearly his assistant like she's straight up said you know i'm not qualified for it do you just fuck all of your assistants or like how's this work (laughs) is this evelyn thing like is this part of the job (laughs) right like he doesn't strike me as that kind of person, but then again, I feel like he's supposed to be the kind of guy that you inherently trust to begin with. So he wouldn't strike me really as that kind of person. Evelyn. I mean, that, that's how I feel too. But like you, you start to wonder, like as things go on, or you know, he's allowing himself to be used in a way politically, which we'll get to more intently in a little bit. But like, if if he it feels like he knows what he's doing and it feels like he knows more than he's letting on about these things. So it's like, it makes you start to question what other things he kind of is manipulating for what seems like it's going to be kind of his rise to power. It's at this point before we go on to the next thing. Um, I want to actually tackle back to, you know, like the in depth with the show and kind of the novel, whatever, which I mean, you, you haven't read, right? No. I think I've already asked you that, yeah. And, like, you know, listening to the pod, they were, like, in the novel, she's actually the little sister, but they make mm-hmm. her the older sister in the show to kind of be, like, well, you, you know, like, Bess is the one with, like, you know, a husband and kids. Which and the, I did bring that up last time before we listened to that, so that I, I feel a little bit vindicated for feeling that way, too. Sorry, what, what was the end of what you, you said? Out, I said no. Is it like is is it kind of showing like a desperation from like Evelyn's side as far as like, oh God, I have to find someone or whatever. Like, I mean, she literally told Bess earlier. Like, I mean, he, you know, he's a rabbi, so I'm assuming he's a nice Jewish boy. Yeah, I, well, I think that was just for placating their mother's standpoint. But um, yeah, I mean, she was very adamant in the last episode. I'm, I'm going to end up dying an old maid. Like, there's definitely something to that. Not to say that she doesn't like him anyway. But it probably – it seems like everything is going to go really fast for their relationship. And it I think definitely her wanting to solidify her place in building a family as quickly as possible is going to play into not only it happening, but you know Lionel being on board with it for whatever his own reasons are too. It's going to – those two ideologies messed together in this situation is going to push it forward right. quickly. There we go to um, Bess at her new job. You know, she's selling scarves, <laughs> pretty much. Mm-hmm. And um, these ladies come up or whatever and ask about the, the new Lindelberg scarves that are all the rage right now. Mm-hmm. And she notices the, like, I mean, did you catch the the little um, Leap for Lindy pins? Yeah, Leap for Lindbergh. Yeah, I had that written down. So pretty much he's just flat out like, yeah, he, he's, he's running this point. We already noticed this thing. I mean, yeah. I mean, the election is going to play out by the end of this. But um, yeah, he's in the full swing of it, and he's got fans. And I think this is more an indication to Bess that it's can it's going to be more serious than I think the perception of her community thinks it's going to be. Like, there's really people out here riding for this dude. So it's a good way to introduce that to her, make her aware. It's like. 
you know, a lot of the comedians that I listen to and stuff, they definitely said this after the fact of the 2016 election. But like, so I don't think anyone were really calling it beforehand, but like a lot of them do a lot of traveling throughout the entire nation. And it's like to see Trump win and see how some of these people were acting during the campaign process and everything. It's like, was not as surprising to them. It's like, once you get a glimpse of how people more are across the board, it's going to be a lot easier to see something um, unexpected to the mass of people happen. Cause you're, you're not going to see everyone's individual perspective, just staying at home. Although, please stay home right now. Oh, yeah, true. Um, <laughs> not not going to draw this out. I remember last year when um, Trump came to Greenville, you know, mm-hmm. for a rally and Menjis and everything. When I say the entire city was just crazy. Yeah. And, you know, he's, he's at Menjis or whatever. So, like, literally on, like, my side of, like, where I work at and everything, I wasn't even allowed to be over there. Like, not even close by, like police had everything shut down like you could not move over there like no well yeah i mean once he has the secret service with him and everything everything's gonna be locked down and to see like what they did like to see people like parking out there like literally hours prior it was like whoa yep and you know and out and all that there were there was some rally he had i think during 2016 that I know some people that went to and there, there's part of me that it was thinking, you know, they may lean that way more politically and, you know, that's fine for whatever reason. And I did think a little bit of it too was just like, it's an actual presidential candidate and like they're bringing their kids to see him. Just like, it's, it's a thing to do, but I mean, obviously you're not going to have a rally without supporters either. So definitely people are active supporters that are going True. to those things. Evelyn's mom asks, you know, why can't she meet this man after, you know, Evelyn tells her she's going to be a little bit late because she has dinner downtown. Mm-hmm. Which, of course, you know, that little meeting's going to have happen later on. So, you know, mommy, mommy gets what she wants. Yeah. Um, Alvin's at the theater and he looks pissed. And as they're leaving. As they are leaving, I don't know, bruh, you didn't catch the first one. I don't know if you're catching this one or whatever. I might look, you put another little, like, just thing in there or whatever. Did you catch this? A black couple walked by the theater. Nope. I'm not looking for it, <laughs> apparently. Bruh, I was just noticing it. I was noticing it, and, I, and I, I was like, yo, back to back. They must have heard me or whatever and was like, okay, we got we to gotta throw some. We got to throw something in here. <laughs> yeah. That... <laughs> just walking around Jersey. <laughs> the episode's been out for a day and a half. They're like, we gotta go back in the post. Hey man, <laughs> got, in- got influence over here, man. <laughs> Maybe not with like you know the big the big guys HBO whatever, but um, we talked about it on the second episode. Uh, me and the homie Ron, the food dude or whatever. Hey, certain restaurants are hitting them up. Like, yo, we heard you on the pod. Like, hey, shout out to that. What's up? That is dope though. I want my free food. <laughs> <laughs> You can't have to go to Charlotte. This is true. I got to go all the way over there. They open back up. (laughs) What's up up with these Greenville spots? I was going to say, not the best time to go to Mecklenburg County based on these maps. Oh, uh... (laughs) You've been helping me out with that or whatever as far as all this shit going on. Um, Let's go ahead and get into it, man. Rabbi Lionel with Evelyn by his side goes out to do a speech. 
as the family, you know, pretty much are listening back at um, the house or whatever on the radio. Mm-hmm. Speaks about the war. And he's like, yo, you know, this is between them and Europe over there. You know, we should stay over here. Herman's not having it whatsoever. He's pissed. I think at the very beginning or whatever, Alvin was like, you know, Alvin was saying something. He's like, yo, let the man talk. Let him talk. They're talking about how he's like, you know, he pretty much got, got bought out. I'm not rocking with him, whatever, because he's, a, you know, whatever. But because, you know, the whole American, Jew, you know, Jewish thing. And I'm like, whoa. He supports Lindbergh for Jews and specifically American Jews. So that's why I was like, he has to be cognizant of the fact that he's doing this intentionally to help support Lindbergh. Um, I saw it somewhere else too, but they, they mentioned on the podcast, it's very reminiscent of, you know, having someone like Ben Carson support Donald Trump. It's like, and look, I'm look, I heard that same shit. And I was going to say, not only that, it kind of made me think of, um, just a little quick thing or whatever, as far as, uh, I don't think he's really in it like that anymore, but like Mike Bloomberg just out here buying like, you know, popular black people or whatever. Right. Yeah. He's out of the race, but that's, yeah, it's very similar. It's like the easiest way to get people to back off of certain opinions they have of you is to get people from that, whatever persuasion to come out publicly to support you. And I, I don't like, I don't understand what those people get out of it, except people don't forget about them. I mean, I know, I, I think Ben Carson at least was considering or is considering a further future in politics. So maybe that helps him stay relevant. But I mean, for Lionel's perspective, I mean, he's definitely trying to levy a position where he's, you know, one of the people of influence to Lindbergh for his own political reasonings, but also it's going to get his name out there nationally. Right. That joint was just insane. Like, this whole little scene, man. Like, I was like, oh, my gracious. Towards the end of it, you know, we hear Beth say Evelyn, and then she walks off. And, like, the look on Herman's face was like, like, oh, shit, he don't know yet. So, no. tensions between them are going to get a little crazy. I mean, she flat out said, you know, like her, like, brother-in-law, early, you know, earlier and shit. So, yeah, and I wonder if she was intentionally keeping that from Herman because she gotcha. doesn't want Gotcha. Yeah, doesn't want to cause more conflict. Clearly, going to be over it. Yeah. Yeah. Anything to do with supporting Lindbergh is going to be a, a no from Herman. Yeah, he's he's not here for it at all. I mean, which no. is understandable from his perspective. Uh, this is where Philip, you know, they were upstairs and he's packing his suitcase just in case they get bombed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's such a little kid thing to do. Because at first I was like, yo, is he running away? And he's like, oh, no. I was like, oh, he's paranoid. Damn, poor poor thing. Yeah, I mean, rightfully so. And, you know, Herman's not really helping the family situation with that either. The fact that he's constantly no. going off about it. Not at all. Though, hard I to blame him. see like, everything that's going on. Oh, not at all. Yeah. But yeah, um, it, these, these things affect everyone that are involved, tangentially or otherwise. I guess maybe the final scene we see of like our mans or whatever for this episode. Uh, he's walking to his car and Alvin's like, you know, he quits his job, mm-hmm. throws his car keys at him. I mean, did he take the siren too? Did like, I mean, what's going on? 
<laughs> you know that you know he kept the siren. That's his thing. <laughs> He's got to roll up out of there. <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, gracious. Um, now, maybe you could tell me a little bit more about this or whatever, because I think I missed, I ain't going to say missed it, but I was I was a little bit just kind of lost right here. So the phone um, rings, Philip answers it, and he instantly just kicks Sheldon out from playing chess. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think he's like, Something's about to go. Maybe he's trying to hide from Sheldon, like his dad going off about stuff in the house. Maybe he's a little bit embarrassed about that. Like he knows someone on the phone is going to talk to him about something that's going to set him off. I'm not 100% sure, but I, I did have that written down. That was kind of weird. At this point, going into Herman, we found out that um, Alvin's left to go fight. He. You know, he had to like, he's like, you know, he told you to give you this. And it was mm-hmm. like the drawing or the sketch that Sandy had of him. Mm-hmm. Which I'm like, okay. You know. So he, he's hopping on the train and he's headed to the closest place where he can join the military. So it's up in Montreal, Canada. <laughs> well, the, the closest place he can join the military that's actively fighting at this point. Which right. doesn't doesn't seem like it's going to be the case back home. Now I wrote this down like clearly because I was like I want to know if you possibly had any insiders about this like particularly or you know maybe I was just missing it. But they're in the theater and this is when Herman and Monty are talking and they says like they bombed St. Paul's Cathedral. Was it like an actual thing that happened? Yes. Um, well, when they're in the newsreel earlier they were talking about london being bombed so i think that was one of the major monuments that was um affected by the german bombing of london and i i don't know if you know this but those keep calm and carry on all all the the merchandise and stuff people stole from all that um all that comes from a political poster that wasn't actually issued during the bombing of london in world war ii but um was found after the fact that they were going to use that phrase is kind of a mantra to stay strong within London. So that's just worth mentioning. That's where that comes from. Okay. The fact that (sighs) businesses are using that for their own personal logos and stuff, that's really dumb. But I mean, you already know though how that shit goes. Yeah. We go to like the final part of this episode, which is a lot. So I'm just going to say it all. And we're going to talk about it because a lot happened here at the end. Polls Mm -hmm. open up for election day. Um, Sandy has a drawing of Lindenberg, of Lindenberg. Alvin's on his way to Canada. Lionel meets up with Evelyn's mom. We finally get that meet up. <laughs> they seem to kick it off real nice or whatever. Real quick. <laughs> real quick, like. Um, they listen to Lindenberg's momentum as everyone's leaving. <coughs> yeah, that... that oh. That whole scene in the living room was very reminiscent of election night. It just like the night keeps going on. People are getting more and more dejected. Yeah, we like we just watching everyone like leave until Herman's the last one there, just like in in pure disgust. Best holding his hand. Uh, Alvin is you know he's talking to the recruiter and 
I can't remember what the recruiter says, but Alvin just says he's here to kill Nazis. Yeah, he asked if he's going to serve for king and country because Canada's um, or was was it part of the British Union or not? But I, I think they yeah because they still have the Queen on their money and everything, so they're Canada as a nation is still um, involved with Britain um, somewhat politically. So, but then at that point in time, it was King George. I don't remember, but they should they flash the picture of him on the wall as he's saying that. So yeah, he's like, "You're here to serve, to support, you know, what's going on in Britain." He's like, "Nah, bro, <laughs> this, this this personal." And the final thing we hear this episode, Charles Lindenberg was has become the thirty fifth or thirty first, excuse me, president of the United States. Thirty third, yeah. Thirty third, yeah. God, why not write first? My bad. You're good. Do you watch with subtitles on? Just out of curiosity. I with Netflix, no. I think they are on 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 Hulu. Yeah, I I keep them on for shows like this just because I can't. It sometimes like, well, a lot of times like a lot of side conversations will be going on in the background and stuff that could actually be somewhat significant, and there's no way you're gonna hear them, but they show up in the subtitles. Yeah, with this, no. On HBO, no. Yeah. I think they might be on with Netflix, but I know for sure they're on with Hulu. Like yeah. I was watching that literally earlier. Anyway, just curious. Oh yeah, and that's how we end this episode. Um, I guess just thoughts before we end, we go to the preview for the next one because I got some notes written down for that one, Playboy. I mean, it's Herman's worst nightmare, so we're gonna see how the general population decides to start showing itself fully. Now that their man's in office. Mm. So before we get into this last part, uh, thoughts on the episode overall? I thought it was more place setting than I thought it would be considering it's going to be a six part series. I thought the first episode did a good job of that. I guess it's not surprising they're going to, it ends with you know him being in office officially because that was inevitable, but right. you know a third of really the whole runtime of the miniseries was kind of place setting. Just seemed like a long time. I you know we when we we ended the last episode we were talking about how stuff's going to pop off real fast. Right. There was less action in this one just because there was that one fight in the first episode, but um, I I don't think it's going to continue to be slow. I thought it was good. Like, you know, just literally what you said. Um, they, I mean, they only have six parts, so they kind of got to get into this. Yeah. Can't wait to see how they, you know, like would get all this and like these parts and everything. Yo, they, <laughs> we kind of got through the credits at the end and then shit just got, I mean, sort of kicking off. Yeah. They started off with like, just, turmoil and swastikas like drawn on graves yep that was wild um rabbi lionel had like he talks about how he has a new job under lindenberg mm-hmm. which of course you know literally what we talked about a while ago evelyn's talking to sandy about you know they get city boys and takes them out to the farm for the mm-hmm. summer herman's having no parts of this and sandy i mean we've been saying it he's been coming with these bars yep 
You, he tells them you're afraid of things that you don't know. I mean, true. And you have it's a kinda... 15 year old, not only just 15 year old, your son telling you this. Damn. But that's the thing is that just, you know, he's lived through things where he was right about fearing things that he doesn't know anything about. And Sandy's a little bit too young to understand that even. So it's, it's classic, you know, I'm my own man. I can think what I want. It's like, yeah, but you're still a kid. Like I, I, I have more experience than you when it comes to these things. Um, Uncle Monty says it's crazy to see the U.S. president shaking hands with Hitler. Mm-hmm. I lost my shit when I heard that. I'm like, oh, my God. Um, but I mean, of course, you know, this is all theatrics. Yeah. Alvin is off in his training. He has my new blonde woman. And he tells her that he has a score to settle. And final thing, Best is talking with Herman. And, you know, she talks about how. It's not too late. That it's never too late to have a backup plan, right? Which, you know, Alvin clearly did. You know, maybe he should have yeah. been thinking about that a little bit earlier himself. I liked what they said on the pod about, um, you know, like some people just kind of like talk, like we like we said on the last episode or whatever. Some people just kind of talk on Facebook or whatever about all their complaints and everything. But like, what do you really do, right? Yeah, there's definitely a sense of isolation that um, it's hard to take action on um, because where do you really direct it where it will be effective? It's kind of hard to, you know, hard to be targeted with things like that, you know, unless you're someone who has some kind of influence, which is how Lindbergh got his name in this whole race to begin with. It's what Rabbi Lionel is, you know, saddling up next to him to be able to do and hopefully influence policies for his people, but, you know, keep himself on the up and up. I, I do want to say one thing quickly, just because it came, it came to me. Um, the, the slow, deliberate pace of the first two episodes too, I think is doing a good job of narrating how these things kind of play out in real life where it's like, it's right. not really, you know, overnight everything changes even though it feels like that for when some kind of event happens but these things build over time and i if that was the point of kind of drawing out the first third of the series like this then i think it's been done effectively so far i just you know based on the previews and stuff it's hard to think that it's going to be chill a chill vibe the whole way through whereas like, like I just finished watching The Outsider, and um, like the first couple episodes of that were pretty hot, and then it got real slow and dragged on, which didn't really feel like it felt it um, fit in the narrative they're telling. So it'll be interesting to see how they play that going forwards through this, and how tensions will rise, fall, or however they'll play out. I feel you there, because like, I mean, not just with this show, whatever. I kind of like it where. I mean, if shit like starts slow but then gets hot, okay, yeah, that's cool. Like, what now when stuff goes slow and it, you know, just I mean, it just depends on the show. Like, I don't know if you watched you. No. Like a lot of people were complaining about like season two. They're like, it starts off kind of slow, just really slow compared to season one where everything was just hot, hot, hot. You know, just back to back to back to back every episode or whatever. And I'm like, I mean, they kind of got to pick up on the story, you know? Yeah. And All I mean, the story plays out. I'm not mad. 
yeah, like what good storytelling uh, involves good pacing. So it'll be interesting to see how they right. handle that for this. And again, you know, it only being six episodes, I don't know how long the book it is, but it is just one book. I mean, if you're not going to change a ton of things, like it seems like the changes they've made have been relatively small so far. It's only so much material to go off of. So, yeah. Right. Like we were literally just talking in like, you know, pre-production or whatever, as far mm-hmm. as, you know, Game of Thrones or whatever. Like, I mean, at, I, I'm glad I caught it at a time in life where I'm like, OK, I'm an adult. I can see story, you know, like the story building. Yeah. I mean, the ending kind of was just like, you know, but. Yeah. When you try to force source material or try to force new material built off of source material, you can see how that can play out poorly, which I will speak very vocally about. Ruin ruin sometimes. (laughs) You you guys are lucky we weren't recording or whatever, because like, yo, we was getting into some shit. We were like, yo, let's just start this one. We end up getting hot going into this episode. My gracious. Don't need to open these old wounds. Oh, hey man, I, I've said it, and Jack saying it now. Whatever, y'all motherfuckers, lucky this podcast is not around at this at that point. Mm-hmm. That would have been like, I don't even know if I could have fit that many people on the episode or whatever. But just like my people, I know that were like upset and just pissed off and just in distraught. Like you get, they get, let's shit, didn't they give us six episodes that last season? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we 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 have to stop because I, I I'm I'm going to we're just going to turn to a Game of Thrones podcast. But yeah, they made a lot of bad decisions. You know, it was one of my favorite ones. Piss poor decisions. Piss poor decision making. You know. <laughs> Good way to ruin something we all loved. <laughs> <sighs> really, bees like that, bro. Um. Any, I guess any final thoughts before we close out? Because I don't, I don't want to get, I don't, I'm, I'm sorry, I like ripped the bandaid off right there. No, 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 you're good. Um, I don't think so. I mean, I, I was expecting a little more from this episode, but I'm not disappointed with it at all. And I, it definitely, I mean, shoot, I wonder if we're gonna really see scenes like from the battle lines with Alvin. That'd be pretty interesting itself. It's not really what I expected from the series from the open for him to enlist. So. I, I think it's going to be great. I'm excited. I just, yeah, the, it's it seems very open-ended right now in terms of how it could play out. Right. I mean, I hope so. I hope oh, so. Sure. I feel like we won't be disappointed. I'm, I'm not going to say I like, like I told you, whatever, I'm not bored during this or whatever. It's just certain moments where I'm like, okay, no, like you have to just hold on and pick up on this shit, you know? Right. But, like, hey. Two parts, Plot Against America, HBO. You know, y'all know what y'all are doing. It'd be interesting, too, to see by the end of the series if it's one of those where you go back and rewatch and you pick up on a lot more little stuff here and there that was maybe or was intentionally put there to foreshadow what's going to happen, kind of thing. But obviously, it's way too early for that. Right. I can't wait to see what's going on, though, man. I mean, I'm, I'm so ready. I'm invested, yeah. But now, you know, now we now we wait. <laughs> but that's it. And like you know, like we said, or whatever. If you don't push, they'll push you. There you go. I uh, appreciate you, like always, bro. Absolutely.
you know, like we said at the beginning. Remember to rate, like, comment, subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend. Hashtag DBYT. All the stuff in the bio, links and all that stuff. Me, me, me and Jack were just literally talking music or whatever. Was it yesterday? Mm-hmm. And I was thinking in my head or whatever. I was like, yo, I'm telling you, what one of these days, one of these days or whatever, I'm going to figure out a way to get Jack on the music pod. Yeah, yeah, you're a lot closer with Stone Temple Pilots than I think you're going to get with a lot of other things. But uh, <laughs> I do have some recommendations for you on that if you're going to go down that that hole. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I am. Oh, uh, man. Yeah, we, we can talk about that in a second. Hell yeah. I'm not hip with the kids when it comes to the current current beats. So <laughs> yeah, look, that's, that's literally what the playlist was. You know, just oh shit, you know, I know all these stuff or whatever, and like gotta put people on or whatever like just these you know the tracks or whatever which i haven't been as good as far as oh yeah you know this is dope whatever i'm putting on my snapchat just i got a whole playlist for y'all there you go let's go through it but if things are good jacks will whatever go ahead close things off here for sure um you know it was 20 cents to go to the theater don't go to the theater now y'all stay in y'all houses please listen to more of this more content coming for you guys Listen to the CDC. They're they're the only ones that should be authoritating this. So that's fine. Listen, listen to the right sources. Um, stop with the fake news or whatever. We don't care about you guys' conspiracy theories or whatever. Leave that to your group chats. That's what I told my homies. <laughs> I keep it in the group chats or whatever. We do not care online. We really don't. Not here for that lizard Illuminati. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> it starts with Lizard Illuminati, then it turns into fucking like the the um what's the shit off South Park or whatever the sock gnomes, like crab people. Well, yeah, crab people too. But you remember the was it was it sock gnomes or the underwear gnomes? It was oh, something, something, underpants the, gnomes. Yeah. <laughs> underpants gnomes. There we go. Remember because they had they had step one and they had step three, but they didn't have step two. Hey man. <laughs> it's still a plan. They're still in action. It's still a plan. I appreciate it like always. And in this, that's Jack. I'm Mookie. Coco over here in the cut and everything, like always on these episodes. And until next time, we are.